What the Tech is brought to you by Glasswire. With Glasswire, you can see your current and past network activities, detect malware, and also detect bad behaving apps on Windows and Android. Use the code CYBER and get 50% off for a limited time. Glasswire.com. everybody welcome to what the tech i'm andrew zarian we're back after a hellacious couple weeks of of personal issues and <laughs> fires and more fires and work i don't know why i'm laughing at this but yeah <laughs> i mean it, you know what Sorry. you gotta laugh if you don't laugh you're crying <laughs> right if i don't laugh right. i'm gonna cry about this so we gotta laugh uh yeah it's been a it's been a crazy couple weeks um many people know mm-hmm. living here on the east coast new york city's opening up again uh, indoor dining came back and I had to Ready get, not. I had to get the properties that I'm in charge of open. And, um, <laughs> well, the one, that, the one that we had planned on opening is fine, right? The one that's been open, okay. that's been fine. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. one's functional, but we were just having a conversation opening our second and third and fourth locations up. And, uh, somebody decided to light our second location on fire last week. Yeah. Uh, we also found out that it had become a homeless encampment. In, oh, and they had figured out how to get in to the building where the alarm wouldn't pick them up, I guess. So they were living in, in the venue for a little bit. And, uh, and then just a couple of days ago, there was another fire next door to my other uh, my other restaurant. So, oh, boy, it's been it's been it's yeah. been something. Uh, but we're here. A lot going on. Obviously, I have a lot to talk to Paul about. Um I think it's it's an interesting time, especially for technology and the more, you know, we've been doing a show and really the story of the last year. And by the way, we're a year in on this is how and, and listen, obviously, there's so many big stories, everything that's happened in the world. Right. But if we're talking about technology, which we are here. Um, mm-hmm. The big story here is the change in habits of how we use the technology that we use. And really, I mean, I was talking to one of my buddies. uh he works at a, a competitor of yours, Paul. <laughs> I have a competitor. You do, you do. Yeah, many, many, yeah. Of, many of sort. Uh, and Let's he see. was saying that you know he goes, you know, we're gonna next ten years. The story of this decade, you know, we we got the story of the two thousand tens, and it was obviously the iPad was the thing that kind of catapulted how technology changed. Uh, you know, multi, you know, surface devices. Multi-use devices, tablet, convertibles, that was a big story. But this year will be the change in computing and how, you know, this catapulted us. This accelerated the mobile-first mentality. Even though it was there, this has really been the driving force behind it. I feel like, you know, as you were talking, it kind of occurred to me. I I often frame this like, when when I got into the business, uh, Microsoft was personal computing, right? So mid-1990s. It, when you talked about personal computing, it was literally PCs. It was Microsoft. That was the whole story. That's where it ended, you know? Yeah. And um, obviously, uh, antitrust trial happens, uh, mobile web, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, you know. But the thing you just sort of not reminded me of, but just triggered into my brain, because I never really thought of this before, was each of those companies kind of established their own little platform, you know, yeah. or their platforms. Like they became what Microsoft had been, but not, not any one of them dominated the whole 
industry. And I would say until fairly recently, in most cases, I mean, it's probably not universal, but um, they worked, you know, like Microsoft did. They were kind of insular. It was, uh, you know, if you if you go into the Apple ecosystem, you're in the Apple ecosystem. That's what you're mm-hmm. doing. You know, if you go into Google, you, that's what you're doing. And I think what you're, what you just kind of triggered in my brain was that lately, and, and possibly because of antitrust action, or at least the threat of it, and other lawsuits, um, that's it's starting to open up. And this is the yeah. true heterogeneous computing thing. Uh, and you can, and my God, we could talk about this for hours because you can see it in everything from streaming services to social media services to productivity services. It goes on and on and on. Like you can mix and match now, and it's going to get better and better as we go forward. Yeah, I. it's it's they all connect together right this is all this is all stuff that kind of works together one interesting aspect is you know you brought it up and this is a main topic is integration and integration will play a huge part no matter what device you have what kind of uh, what kind of operating system you're running these applications that are in the top 20 let's say have to function on all these services like everywhere everywhere. that's the point like yeah you you don't have to go to apple to get one thing you know i mean actually technically of course you do but um you know you everything over time it's not it's not universal yet it's we're still baby stepping our way into this but services that used to be specific to only a single platform are now opening up yeah to other platforms and it makes it makes it so much better for people you know for the users yeah it, it, listen it, it's it's competitive it, it creates it doesn't gatekeep i you know and i and i've been right, using that right. term for this cuz it is gatekeeping of the services but yeah. apple has not been very um on the forefront <laughs> of this they have not been very no. welcoming because <laughs> if you really think about it right at all two of the, <laughs> the most two of the yeah. most used services in the world are facetime and mm. uh, and messages and the apple messaging yeah. platform yeah. Yeah. and messages for a long time we had heard that internally they were working on a beta for android and Windows, mm-hmm. this was the this was the plan. There was an there was a concept, and I and I thought this really would happen last year. That you take yeah. messages and and you put it on all the other platforms, and w- what you do on those platforms is that you come up with a way to monetize it as a service. And the way you do that is with right. the the gifts and the emojis and the this and the that. And you can say like, listen, four ninety nine a month. It comes in your Apple bundle. You get access to these type of you know features on messages. I thought they would sure. do that. I also thought, honestly, that FaceTime would have come on Windows. By the that way, I, been I, I still, the I still feel like those things could still happen, right? I still think those things arguably will happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but FaceTime yeah. should have happened last, you know, for, yeah, in 2020. I know, for, I know, for sure. And, and you know, Apple didn't really have a services play in place to do the iMessage thing or, uh, that you were just talking about. But that's an excellent idea. And they would probably rope in, I mean, millions of Android users with a four ninety nine a month uh, mini Apple bundle that included iMessage uh, compatibility on Android and uh, you know maybe some iCloud storage music or, something or, or whatever yeah whatever, yeah. whatever it is yeah. yeah yep I mean it, it, it's to me that was that was a very simple solution for them but it, you have seen this happen where you now have Apple TV accessible on Google TV and on on a yeah. Fire TV and all these services yep, that that was the one for me by the way I'm sorry to interrupt but when you I, when you introduced this the other thing I was thinking was um I had gotten the the Chromecast with Google TV whenever that came out whenever that was September October whatever and I loved it you know and uh it took I to me it takes all the best of the UX from like the um, Amazon Fire TV 
but they do a, a really good job of aggregating content from the services that will allow it. So they brings it up to the front and really nice UI, but the, I couldn't switch to it because I actually yeah. do rely on Apple TV, uh, the, the service, right? Because I yeah. buy, uh, you know, a lot of content through there and they have their own, obviously original content, whatever. But when, once they brought that, that, that thing happening, I haven't written about this yet, but Apple bringing Apple TV plus the app to, uh, Google TV is what enabled me to switch to that, you know, and um, I can't wait till it's on Android because then I can go to the gym and watch the movies I purchased on my phone because I don't use an iPhone. The other thing that uh, kind of ties into this is how people are starting to learn how habits have changed. Did you see that Google Mm -hmm. TV is looking to add a simple mode? Yeah. To Google TV. And this is something I've said for a long time. Like my father, he's old. He's 68 years old. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a very difficult thing for him to figure out. I got to go to Netflix like, like this. I got input. Well, <laughs> yeah, inputs, yeah. right? Inputs are difficult. Yeah. And also the apps, navigating the apps, right. finding things on an app. Sometimes the app logs you out. You know, it, it's a difficult thing for I got to constantly like he wants to watch Deadpool. I had to find Deadpool yeah. for him, put it on. You know, I had to install Hulu because I realized it's on Hulu. He watched it on there, but it, it he's learning. Well, but- this is yeah, this is the Holy Grail, too. So for TV. Um, Apple has tried to do this with Apple TV, uh, the app and the device, right? And then uh, Google is now trying to do this with Google TV, which is you have all these apps and th- with that are backed by services. And you like you want to find Deadpool. You're like, I know it's out there somewhere. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go into each app and search. Yeah. I want to search. You know, and, and Roku will do that. But you know, um, you want like one interface to everything and this is the Windows Phone problem, right? Microsoft tried to do this with apps on Windows Phone back in 2012 or whatever year that was, 2010, excuse me, whatever that was, a long time ago. And, um, you know, the, it was the content creators that kind of put the kibosh on that. And, um, you know, I see that, I don't know if you, I think you use the Chromecast with Google TV as well. Yeah. But if not, I mean, you certainly have used it. But you know that, like, if, if I go into Netflix and watch a show and I don't complete it or a movie or whatever, lands on the front page under continue watching. So they're on board with that. Netflix is like, yeah, we'll yeah. do that. But if I watch a show or a movie on Hulu, those don't come out to the front page because Hulu is like, yeah, we'll be on your device, but we're not going to integrate with your thing. We want Which people to use the app. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. It make, it's, it's still that kind of weird gray area that like some, some stuff is great. Some stuff is just not available. And some stuff is like Hulu where they're like, well, we'll, we'll meet you halfway. You so, know? you know, something that oh. I mean, nearly anybody over the age of, I guess, 60, right, that I've spoken to about this because I become, yeah. you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that fixes everybody's TV in the family. Sure. Everybody I'll has a problem. They just bring, for they the come same. To, yeah, when you hit 60, Paul, <laughs> you got a couple of years. Yeah. I'll be shaking on the cane. Yeah. Andrew. Yeah. I, I mean, they just do this. They're like, fix it, you know. Yeah. But something yeah, I've yeah, always yeah. heard from them is that the concept of going to a Netflix app and find mm-hmm. and looking and searching to find something they, yeah. It is something that is foreign to a lot of TV viewers because generally, you know what you would do? You would just channel surf. It's playing already. You know, that like, how do I know I'm going to like yeah. this TV show or movie? Generally, the way you do it is by you you click, you know, you click up on your on your remote and you find something. It catches your eye. You watch it for about 30 seconds Ugh. and say, I'm invested in this. Now we're not. And that is an aspect of viewing that's gone when it comes to media consumption. It is. It's actually, so I don't, right now I don't, I'm not using a live TV service, but I will say one of the trickier things with whatever service you choose, and it really is partly the device's fault too. So 
however you choose to watch that service on you know an Apple TV device or a Google device or whatever it is, smart TV. Um, you don't. The other thing you miss is that ability. You know, we've all done this. Like I grew up doing this. I've done this my whole life until now. I can't do it anymore. You switch back and forth between two things. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon and there's a football game on, but there's a basketball game on the other channel, and you want to, you know, go back yeah. and forth. Um, very difficult or impossible, depending on what you're using, to do that. Oh my! But, I do. Know, I do it every Wednesday, Paul, for wrestling. There's two different yeah. wrestling shows. Yeah. On at so the how same do you do time. it? One's on USA. And one's on. Uh, one's on USA. One's on TNT. So if I'm watching okay. on YouTube TV, really yeah. easy, right? Because I could just. Mm -hmm. it, it's still a pain in the ass because you gotta. Yeah, you well, got to rely on their algorithm so it knows what I do on a Wednesday night. So it'll always have it. If I hit the down arrow, the first channel that pops up, the recommendation oh, is okay. what I'm okay. what I'm watching. Okay. However, if you're watching via the USA app or the NBC yeah. app or USA app or you're watching via the Turner app, it, it's yeah. you're, you're, you're stuck. You're stuck. Yeah, you're yeah. not yeah. you're not exiting an app to re-enter another app, reloading right. everything. It just yeah, the, the makers of those apps do not want to provide you with a way to do what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, nor do they want you to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you've noticed, um, like uh, Peacock, for example, right? NBC, mm -hmm. the Peacock app allows you, or, or the NBC app, I should say, right? Because I haven't really played with the Peacock app, app as much, but the NBC app, which is pretty much the same thing, it gives yeah. you like a live channel guide of what's on all their properties. So you have like a mini cable network within the app. Yeah, so it's if it's only, NBC, but, for, but it's only for NBC, NBC properties. Like this, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, got yeah. USA, NBC, you got Bravo or whatever the other properties you know, are. I, C CBS does the same thing also, and Disney now, right. you know, has has everything. But I, I like that approach because you're still kind of like, it's not as foreign to you because you could channel surf. But, but well, does it have to be like, so... I was just wondering, you know, you uh, was it your dad you were saying once yeah. the up channel or whatever? Um, you know, I wonder, sometimes I think there's an opportunity when you go from uh, like an old way of doing things to a new way, whatever it is, if you're going from physical media to services or whatever, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be exactly the same as it was before. You know, like it, an ebook by definition can be better than a real book, even though people always complain like, oh, you know, I used to smell the book or... Yeah. I'd like the feel of it in my hand, whatever, you know, whatever. But th there are huge advantages to eBooks and they don't have to be a digital representation of the physical thing. I mean, maybe that's a the first step just to get people used to it. But over time, hopefully what you discover is there's a better way of doing things than what I used to on this old thing. But the thing you're describing with channel surfing, it's just, um, it's possible I mean, it is possible. Like, There's I a middle ground had... here. There is a middle ground yeah. that we yeah. haven't discovered yet. And and and, I, and I, listen, right. this this goes for content discoverability as a whole, especially with YouTube. Um, yeah. I, I I feel honestly, I feel like we were we had figured it out in a, about five six years ago, and <laughs> some study came out as to as far as how to present discoverability, and mm -hmm. everybody reverted, and that that's the direction they went because they thought that this is the better way to do it. But years ago, you used to like for podcasts, right? If yeah. I like, if I'm into, if I'm into Windows Weekly, mm -hmm. and I'm not really seeking other podcasts, but I would be up for listening to a similar style podcast. What are the odds that somebody finds us, right? Like I, I'm, I'm without well, seeking by us the way, out. That's going to depend really he uh, heavily on what you're using. That's the that's the point. The algorithm so of the app, yeah. Well, if they even offer that, like in other words, um, uh, a, a light, like a show, you might like this because you watched this, you might like this. It, 
Um, I don't know if you use, uh, what is it? I think it's Spotify. Actually, I don't know if YouTube music does this or not, but you, I think on Spotify, if you, let's say you made a playlist and you're like, yeah. look, I, this is the music I want to listen to tonight. It's 25 songs. It's a hand-picked curated list, you know. Andrew's Romance think, Pack, 1980s yes, Romance exactly, Pack. It's exactly, just rat yeah. round, round and round by rat on repeat. That's all the playlist is. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, with the Milton Berle video playing yeah, yeah, in the yeah. background. Um, <laughs> uh you know, Milton Berle financed that video. Anyway, the point is, yeah. um, uh, what is the point? Oh, I, I think it's Spotify where if the playlist finishes and if you let it, if you, it, maybe it's an option you configure, it will just, it, it has selected music for you. That is like the music that was in the thing you were just listening to. And like that kind of thing that can be, you know, it can be useful. And it, and it applies to this podcast example you were using where depending on the client, depending on the app you're using, um, I, I wouldn't want that personally. But I suppose it's possible for, I don't know how people listen to podcasts, but, you know, for, for really, you know, if you're in a car or something, you finish an episode of, you know, Windows Weekly and a, an, an episode of this show comes on right after it because yeah. it's like, well, you, you like this thing. You've been listening to it. Um, you'll probably like this other thing. You know, maybe. That's the hope, right? And that that's what a couple yeah. companies have tried to do, but it's, it's still very difficult. Also, I, I, I really believe that there's still something to be said about first run live programming, right? We're very much in the on demand phase right now where everything is about on demand content, on demand content. Yeah. But I like, I like the ability to be forced to listen to something sometime, but maybe, you know what? I, it depends on what it is. But let me ask you, Paul, let me ask you this. Do you think, yeah. and, and, and I've, we've, we've spoken about this numerous times over the last 10 years about how mm -hmm. I hate like Reddit subgroups, right? Like Reddit okay. guessing what I'm into. I absolutely yeah, hate yeah, yeah. because then oh, no, it, this can be, yeah, this can because be it's very poorly. closed. It's very closed yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't get access to anything else. Do you think that's the problem where people are just not up for like, I'm all for learning content, like stuff that's not even for me. Like if I'm, let's just throwing it out there. If I'm listening to a, a left leaning show, right. right and right. now I'm being recommended. And after that is a, is a right leaning show, but right. I still want to hear both. You know what I mean? Like, well, for you me, do. I oh, did. You're alone in that. One. I think I, I am. I think I, mo I am most. Alone. No, I mean, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, most people, unfortunately, are feeding into this system where you go down a tunnel. And I'm not talking politics. I mean, in anything, Everything. any interest, any yeah. whatever it is, you know. But, but you know, you, you can see where this works, and you can see where it doesn't work. And I'm not going to be able to pull a real example out of my uh, behind here. But you know, you, you, we've all done this thing where you you watch or listen or whatever it is you watch, enjoy some content. And then you get to some interface at the end and it says like Netflix would do. So the movie is the credits playing and three boxes pop up and it's uh, people who watch this also like one of these, or you might like this. And sometimes those choices are like, okay, I understand, you know, um, it, it's in the same ballpark. Sometimes it's so out to lunch. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I, I, again, I'd have to make something up. I'm not going to bother trying, but you know, it's like a science fiction movie. Maybe you would like this light romance. What? what? <laughs> like <laughs> what, what exactly? What's the algorithm here? And it might literally be as dumb as some connection between like, uh, you know, 37% of the people who watch the science fiction thing also watch this. So maybe you'll like it too. It, may, yeah. it might literally be that stupid. Um, Google, if you've, I don't know if you've been using the Chromecast lately, but it actually wants you to spend a couple of minutes and just tell me if you like these movies. And you're like, yes, no, yes, yes. You know, and it, it tries to build list of picks for you based on your preferences, based on what you just voted on. But that is the, that's the rabbit hole right there, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and you're, you might be missing out, you know, maybe there's some you know, French comedy or something that even though all I've been doing is watching James Bond movies, uh, or whatever, maybe I want to watch this thing that's completely different next. Uh, and those things will never be surfaced for you because you just told them you only like action movies. You know, or Brad, whatever. Brad in our chat room wrote, uh, you love sci-fi. Try this story sh- story. Give this love story a short, uh, a shot, yeah. you know, like, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You know what though? YouTube YouTube is really good with their algorithm. I got to tell you that their theirs works yeah. because it's able to really, but it collects so much and knows so much about me. <laughs> you know, like TikTok, yeah. for example, the TikTok app knows way too much about me uh, to the point that it's like, wow, this is really it. it really knows who I am. Yeah. It's and you it's get almost closed. invasive. You know, like I don't yeah. get to see. It, it, well, here's a negative, right? Like I don't get to see, let's say TikTok for example, because I used I, mm-hmm. I I absolutely loved it. I love I actually I use it every night. I, that's what I do. I just scroll TikTok. on TikTok in bed. Yeah, and I just see what I people are writing. Don't anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm a 16 year old boy on the inside. <laughs> yep. But are you but in like a car shaped bed with a like a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. I get all I get now is like car videos. I get right. uh like fun conspiracy videos, not like fun, Hillary. Like fun, I get like what is fun not like conspiracy. Cool. I like, like conspiracy, crazy but I want it to be on the fun. I don't want it to be dangerous. Okay. I want it to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like dangerous conspiracies. What is a fun? What, give me an a, example of a fun, a fun conspiracy. conspiracy. Mole people. Mole people. Yeah, like like center of the earth people. Like that's right, so a fun mean, conspiracy. Like, ridiculous. Anna. Yeah, but <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. You could right, have right. a, you could have okay. a nice, lighthearted conversation about the video that you saw. Or, uh, you know, like I, I really love the simulation conspiracy videos. People are really into like, this concept that we're living in a simulation now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like that's yeah. fascinating to me. I got like yesterday. It was all about Stargate. That's all the conspiracy videos I saw. However, Stargate is a demo- is a um, documentary. No, no, no. Star, star, <laughs> not, not like the TV show. Stargate as in a, a portal to another dimension. Yeah. Well, that's what the Stargate is. That the ancients had. Yeah. That the ancients yeah, of were in possession it's of, history. obviously. It's not a, yeah, and it's, it's not under a, the Sphinx. Everybody knows It's not a Star Trek ripoff. It's a, it's a documentary. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. So, like, that's okay. Like, it knows that I like that stuff. Even though, listen, I don't believe it, but it's fun. It's sci-fi, right? However, mm-hmm. it also knows if I screwed my algorithm up, because I'm traveling now and I'm on the train and I'm doing yeah. it on the train. So now it's doing based on my geolocation at that moment. So right. honestly, my entire TikTok and, and I'm making I said say this as a joke. I am I have entered Hasidic Jewish TikTok mm-hmm. because the train a, station sure. that I'm at that I that I'm right. sitting in is in that part of New York. Is in or, that part of New York. Yeah. So that's all I get. Or I enter like Dominicans from Brooklyn TikTok, you know, like it, it's so bizarre, like how it knows it knows this I'm a actually, New Yorker. Yeah, this is one of the big problems because you could um, you go and Google and search for something. Um, you could go to Amazon and search for some product and it's, it's for a gift. It's for someone else. It's you yeah. know, whatever. And, uh, you know, your next week's going to be a little tough because this is all you're going to, you know, you're going to get recommended this stuff like I forever. Uh, yeah. Well, for and then now you got to reteach you... it, right? Now you got to teach it, right? So let's say there you're trying be a to way to modify... go in and say, "Don't, don't listen to what I'm doing here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I've actually, I just thought of this the other day on YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube as well, and it occurred to me like every, like sometimes I literally will right click on a video and say, "Open in an incognito window," because I don't want it to think Screw that up I the want more of this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, I, just, I, I have the yeah. big problem with the kids now because my entire YouTube thing is Peppa Pig. 
and yeah, yeah, yeah. like kids shows, Addie and Jillian, Peppa Pig, mm-hmm. Ryan's Toy Review. That's all it is. So I, now I got to make. I actually I I set up the Google TV in their playroom, so I set it up for them. You know, with parental locks and stuff like that. Sure. But it's interesting. I mean, really, I it, I it's a positive and a negative at the same time. Uh, that it gets to know what you like. But again, you're kind of behind a wall here. Uh, that that I know we went down this rabbit hole because we were talking about integration of applications and stuff like that. But uh, sure. it is an interesting conversation to have. Well, no, but and- the the integration will lead to the rabbit hole. I mean, it, it it's a it's definitely a benefit. I mean, it, and it may, it just kind of just opens up things so wonderfully. It's it's what I've always wanted. You know, why can't this work here? Why can't this work here? You know, uh, but now that you have everything you want in one place and whatever that place is that you like. Um, and now, you know, and now it's, you know, learning all your habits. I mean, uh, you know, it just gives you, it's ultimately, you're going to run into this, you know, the same problem you get on any digital yeah. platform, which is the rabbit hole you yeah. know, effect. I want to continue this, but before we do, I want to thank our great sponsor. It's Glasswire. If you're having network issues, uh, here's the great thing. You can instantly reveal bandwidth hogs, malware, privacy violating apps, and then block them. Uh, so it's funny because I use this as an example a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Glasswire about, uh, you know, everybody's everything is connected to the Internet now, right? Everything is going through your network. But sometimes some of these devices, uh, you're, you're hoping that your iPhone is not going to screw up and become a bandwidth hog or you're hoping that your light, your smart lights or your smart light switch isn't going to affect the network. Well, one of my one of my friends, he had a big problem because there was a big issue with his Internet where. It was rebooting his router constantly, okay? Wow. Constantly his router okay. was rebooting. Couldn't figure it out. Replaced the router. Had another one. Same exact thing after a couple months. He found out hmm. that he has one of the cheaper smart lights, like the color-changing lights. He yeah. had one of those that was screwing up the network. It was it was something was happening where it was restarting the router over and over again. Wow. He found out because he was using glass wire, and he saw... A, 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 I guess an abnormality in the bandwidth uh, that he was looking at, and he figured out that this smart light from four years ago is affecting his his entire house's connection. So I mean, it's really fascinating, and this is a great great application. I highly suggest you check it out. Glasswire.com. I have it on four different computers at this point, so I personally use it all the time, and I really recommend you guys check them out. Glasswire.com. Um. Let's talk about the new icons in Windows, Paul. People are really <laughs> excited about these new icons. Oh, brother. All right. Well, I mean, first of all, um, those icons are appearing in what we call the dev channel of the Windows Insider program, which means yeah. they're not destined for any particular version of Windows, at least not that we know of. Um, that means they could appear in the, well, not 21H1, because that's already done, but in... 21H2, it could be later than that. It could be never, you know, so we don't know. But we do know that for 21H2, which is that release coming in the second half of this year, it's supposed to be a major release. It's supposed to have a big UX um, overhaul, uh, codenamed Sun Valley. Um, we'll see. But I, I think the icons are probably going to be part of that. I think they're 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 part of that set of updates that are coming. Um, and, and they're consistent with the updates that we see today in Windows 10, if you're familiar with any of the modern apps or the modern UIs. So not like File Explorer, like that's an old-fashioned yeah. UI, but any of the modern stuff. And I, I, for whatever it's worth, I was telling Brad this this morning, like I I like the Windows 10 look and feel. It, 
by which I mean these modern elements, you know, uh, the typography, the iconography, uh, and these icons are consistent with the types yeah. of icons you would see in, you know, Microsoft Edge or, you know, any of the Microsoft apps, Mail, Calendar, whatever. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Um, also, uh, let's talk about Office. Office 2021. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for the vast majority of people, like individuals, um, obviously going with a Microsoft 365 subscription is probably the prudent path. Um, but Microsoft will keep selling, you know, new versions of standalone office. Um, the next one is coming in the second half of this year. It will probably have the same SKUs. They did say they're not raising the prices, SKUs meaning like product editions, like home and student or whatever those things, whatever the names are now. Um, and you know, they're super restrictive, right? You can only install them on one PC. They're never going to get new features, you know, and that's one of the benefits or at least one of the side effects of, the Microsoft 365 subscription is they actually update these apps every month. So it doesn't mean you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be a brand new UI, UI necessarily, but I suppose that could happen, but they're adding features to word, to PowerPoint, to Excel, whatever, um, every month. And if you buy office 2019 today or 2021 later this year, you know, you don't get that. You get whatever that frozen slice of time thing was at the time they made it. And it's only, you know, for one computer, right? You can't yeah. install it on multiple computers. So they'll keep doing that. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting. I mean, right now where, where they're headed with that, but he has it. Let's talk about ignite really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause we're doing a quicker show. Uh, what's, what did we learn this year? So the ignite that just happened this past week, and it was really just a couple of days. It was Tuesday and Wednesday. I think that was the whole thing. Um, is the second half of the Ignite event that they had back in, actually, when was it? October, November, somewhere in the, around the, that time frame. And normally Ignite is the biggest show that Microsoft has. It's obviously once a year, typically. Um, the the last, last year's show was supposed to be actually in September in uh, New Orleans. And my God, was I excited to go to New Orleans last year. Um, but what they found when everything went virtual, all the work from home lockdown stuff happened last year. Microsoft, like Apple, Google, everyone else had to do virtual events. And what they discovered doing Build, which is their developer-oriented show back in probably May or April or May, whatever it was, was that it's uh, it's hard to, to do more than just a couple of days because Microsoft is trying to accommodate people all around the globe. They want to have the same sessions repeat over and over again so they can be in different time zones. So if you live in Europe or Asia, you can tune in live, see the same people giving the same speech interact with them live, ask questions, that kind of thing, you know, not just watch a video. Right. And so what they decided to do for ignite, which is a bigger show and usually lasts for a longer period of time was split it into half. So they do a couple of days in whatever, whenever October, November, I don't remember, or, and then the second half this past week. And so, uh, honestly, uh, I think they did a great job, uh, really well done, but it's also, it's Microsoft ignite. And, and for people that don't know the Microsoft stuff, it's a, IT pro focus show. There's a little bit of developer stuff, but it's it's not really consumer technology. It's not for individuals per se. So there wasn't a lot of um, you know, like Windows news or you know stuff for end users necessarily. But they talked up some uh, Hololens and mixed reality uh, advances, which I thought were really interesting. Uh, there was a little bit of Windows news, but they're saving Windows for later, uh, probably for build because, like I said, there's a big version coming down the pike. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. 
what would people want to know about? <laughs> you know, yeah. some of the announcements like updates to Edge or um, Microsoft Office or Outlook in particular are the types of things they would have announced anyway. <laughs> you know, like they're just updating these things over time, but Ignite was happening this week. So they're like, well, here's what's going on there. Um, I, I guess... I, I, I guess the big thing is probably is probably that mixed reality thing. And it was kind of a fun demo. They had it in the keynote, uh, a little goofy. It was like the guy standing in the aquarium, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. giving a speech to virtual attendees. But the idea there is they're trying to, they're, they're, look, they know everything's not going back to the way it was, right? So how do you handle like this hybrid workplace of the future? Um, you and I are doing this, you know, video thing like we always do, but people who are, you know, who normally meet with other people in a meeting room are, are getting tired of this. You know, they get, they, so they want to go back and be able to meet people in person, but it is won't that, is always that what you're be feeling? possible. You think people are at this point, because this I, was yeah, always th the dream that people wanted, right? The fact that they could work from home and well, never see anybody. It, well, see, yeah. it depends on who you talk to, right? So some people I, I think um, are well designed to do that. And some people aren't. And I bet for the, for the people who were dreaming, like my, one of my best friends, wrote me the other day and he's like, Hey, great news. My office just came back and we're closing a building and I don't have to go. I'm literally going to work from home hundred percent of the time. And I'm like, that's fantastic. You know, and he's been dying for this moment. Yeah. Um, I think for some other people, they thought they were going to like it. And then somewhere around June or July, they're like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, um, some people want to go back. I think there's a hybrid thing. I think some people will go back. Some people will go back sometimes and stay home. Sometimes, you know, there's going to be a mix and match kind of thing. But the problem, like there is a, and I've experienced this. I mean, we, you know, I record podcasts all the time. I do lots of virtual meetings, but it's, it's, it's fatiguing. And I, and I, look, Microsoft's uh, H, um, AR uh, mixed reality stuff is not to the point where it's super easy. It's not like putting on a little pair of glasses. It's a big helmet thing. It's a little, you know, it's a little much, but the dream here is they're, they're going to hit some middle ground between you're there and you're not there. Yeah, uh, and you're not going to be there, but because of the spatial capabilities of these systems, you're going to feel like you're in a space with other people, you know. And it's it's a future leaning thing. It's not like it's coming out Tuesday, but it's uh, it's it is an interesting idea, and it speaks to I think the future of how people are going to interact, not just at work, but in other you know circumstances. I mean, I always think back like when I was we weren't technically dating at the time, but when I had moved, I moved to Albuquerque when I was a young man and was dating the woman I later married. And you know, we were apart for a year. We would send postcards and letters and we would call each other sometimes on like Sunday nights because back then that's when it was inexpensive to do that. Because you were in different, you know, different area codes. Yeah. Different, different time zones, right? Yeah. Very expensive, you know? So as you move forward in time and technology improves, obviously kid, like we were talking about FaceTime kids, you know, they're on their phones, they're interacting, they're doing this stuff. It's a completely different scenario, but it, I mean, how exciting would, is it to kind of flash forward where, you know, you're, you are separated from someone you love or someone you care about or whatever it is, but you can be in this virtual environment with them and it's and, normal you know, yeah. stepping around them and seeing them from different angles and stuff. And, you know, yeah, it's cartoony looking maybe today and, but it, you know, it's going to improve and it, it it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it's, um, it's very Isaac Asimov. It's got it kind of that, uh, no, we robot finally novels, I think. I, I I said this in a um an, I'll say in a stone state, and mm -hmm. and uh, the people <laughs> yep. around me thought where, it was where, pretty. Where all genius comes yeah. from. 
Yeah, but the people Somebody around this me. Down. I'm about to say something awesome. I, I thought it's it's a <laughs> you know? it's a stupid thought, but the people around me thought yeah. it was it was actually uh, they're <laughs> okay. like, yeah, you're right. It, it's interesting. Like the '90s were mm-hmm. late stage 1950s culture still being there, right? <laughs> right. Like the Al Bundys, the Al Bundys, yeah. oh, like yeah, great yeah. example, late stage 1950s Americana. Like this is the end of that. We have now yeah. hit finally. We have hit the the Isaac Asimov. Uh, you know, yeah, early twentieth yeah, yeah. century concept on yep. futurism. We we're in that where everybody. Well, I mean, virtually so, everybody's doing video chats. I mean, it finally yeah. happened. My God, and the, everyone's. Uh, I I've been watching all these um, kind of virtual travel things lately. Um, and there's all these kind of YouTubers who are young people. They're out in the world, and I love I love the traveling. They videos, do their yeah. their their highly unprofessional <laughs> you know video things that they do or whatever by the way i just but got yeah. a message bob uh, uh, by bob in mm. our chat he said don't f with al bundy i'll cut you oh no oh <laughs> a- a- no if any uh, please uh, one of the greatest delights in as a, a man especially i suppose is go to youtube and watch like al bundy's greatest hits or jess and i did that instance. for like oh three God, weeks straight oh it's brilliant yeah. it's just that yeah. show is incredible um yeah, it's like the uh, the '90s version of the Dick Van Dyke show. But it really, is. Sli- but again, slightly edgier, slightly still edgier. '50s culture, '50s <laughs> '50s yeah. Americana. Oh yeah, no, like, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's that's exactly. What I don't know is. what this is. This is a dystopian state we're living in now. We we've gone into a Stephen King novel. We're no longer doing the Isaac Asimov <laughs> future. Yeah, it's of like the a, world. A George Orwell, Stephen yeah. King, and the Stand uh, actually Max, happened. Max Brooks. <laughs> yeah, we're living in the Stand. By one of my yeah. that is my favorite Stephen King novel. By the way. I am so it's I just as since you brought it up I mean I not last year during the pandemic but the year before I I've been worried a lot in the recent years about attention span and you know uh, the way uh, the, the internet has changed our ability to consume content and I I went back and reread The Lord of the Rings and The Stand because these were great books How I've read many times I got no problem at all I loved it and um we just watched this uh, I guess it was a CBS all access version of The Stand that came out late last year through yeah. fairly recently. And we, we enjoyed it. And there's lots of things to complain about, but uh, my wife actually came up with the idea. We should try to find the, the miniseries version they did in the nineties. It, yeah. it was the ABC one, right? Yep. And uh, we did, we watched that on YouTube. It's the whole thing's on there for some reason. I just, it and was, it was that, a, what was it? Six part series. That one was a, a three or four part series. I remember, I remember exactly. I remember I was a kid, Paul, and I saw the yeah. coming attraction. So that's what made me. I actually saw the show first, the the, yeah. the mini series, oh, and then, oh, yeah, and then I a, rented the book from the library. Yeah, because it, it just expands on everything. So honestly, both of them had their strengths. I would say Rob Lowe and and uh, the guy that played, uh, I think it was Tom Cullen, amazing. And those two guys, I were the highlight of that. I uh, but. That the screenplay for that was written by Stephen King. It's a little bit closer to the book. Uh, obviously, you don't get the modern effects and all that stuff. They both had their strengths, but it but it caused me to go back. I'm actually rereading it again, so it's only been like mm. two years. I'm not reading it like word for word. So what what I'm what I became interested in was like like these secondary characters that either don't appear in one version or only appear oh, a little bit. And yeah, so I, I, anyway, I'm like literally fifty percent of the way through it now, but. Um, now I have no idea what we were talking about or why. <laughs> but you were talking about your um, attention span. And, and yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can see how the that works. Of the uh, internet. The stand but, is an incredible story. Yo, it, it, it absolutely yeah, is. I forgot great, I forgot great. my main point too. So what does that say right now? I'm so I forgot sorry. my yeah, entire point with that. this. 
We were talking about. Well, you were this. saying we live in this dystopian st- standard yeah. world. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. no, but you know, it, it's interesting because I love I, I love those. Um, actually, I did this on YouTube also, where I went through like all these old videos from 1930s mm-hmm. on of what the home of the future will be like, right? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. they always around they revolve around baking, which is so interesting because at the time, remember, it was the the, sure. the person that kept the house. And used all these things was the wife. Ninety nine percent of the time, we're looking at nineteen thirties and forties, twenties even. You know, I, I've seen some. I, I was reading this uh, interesting article about like the things that a woman needs in her house in the future, and like, yeah, I'm like, how about me? It. But almost every single one of these ovens had like a setting, so it would be like, oh, you're cooking chicken today. Here you go. Put the chicken oh, in, the chick- and like the press oven the is. Button. Yeah, but the oven is actually putting the ingredients and marinating and doing yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm like, we're there, dude. We're there. It it finally happened. Sure. All these devices. The only thing like we my- don't have is flying cars, you know. But even that's probably going to happen now. I. I mean, uh, we're at a, the electric car of the future is now. The next five years sure, by 2030, drones. it's happening. You know, right yeah. now I'm in a I'm in a weird bubble because this will probably be, it could be. Mm-hmm. My last uh, combustion engine lease that I'm doing. Oh, yeah, Jess. yeah, for sure. For I'll sure. always I, listen. I'll have my Mustang. I'll have my sports car and I'll do it. But for her car, uh, you know, yeah. we, we experiment. We try new things right now. Her Volvo's great. The lease is ending. So where do we go after this? Do we get You'll an electric? do it. But, you know, a lot of these classic cars ran on leaded gas, right? And so if you want to have a car like that today, you have to put some something in the gas, right? Yeah. To, to make that okay. And, um, we're going to, I mean, I don't know how we're going to get from fossil fuel to electric and be able to use those old cars, you know, 50 years down the line, but we're, there, there are going to be conversions, you know, in fact, you're probably already seeing that people have converted classic cars. So they run, well, they already do stuff like this, right? You take like a, I don't know, like a classic car from the past and put a modern engine in it. Just my you know, buddy just did that. He has a 72 Mustang. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just Yeah. But it probably came with like a, the crappiest engine imaginable. Whatever Even it was, then, you know, but it was the terrible. Thing is, Paul, you got to see this. The thing is, he calls it the Nighthawk black yeah, everywhere. The whole thing is black, black rims, but glossy. I mean, the whole thing, it, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. And he has LED lights right. in the front. So it's a little modernized. <laughs> the rear lights are LED. Sure. And he dropped a brand new Ford uh, 5.0 engine in there and the transmission. It's a brand new car. Brand I, new car. Every time I hear a story like this, I'm re- I had an uncle who was a mechanic and, uh, he was he was shot down in Vietnam at least three times and wow. repaired the helicopter and got saved people's lives by getting it in the air again and getting out of there like three times, yeah. at least, maybe four, three or four times. But um, he was so familiar. He was a Volvo guy. So he was so familiar with Volvo engines that he used to put Volvo engines in boats because <laughs> he could service them. Listen, and so like, one of the motors. biggest, one of the, yeah, one of the craziest things I ever saw was he had a, a boat that had two Volvo engines in it, both both of them running a separate like a propeller or whatever. I don't really know boats, but I would, <laughs> it's like this total Frankenstein thing, but you know, it would like lift out of the water, you know, when you took off, but I, I always envy people. Have that we're kind of we're finally here with electric cars. Listen, I, I, I love it. We'll talk about this on the, on the post show. We'll do like 10 minutes of this, but there is a major resistance from people to buy an electric vehicle, right? Oh, of course. Tons. Yeah, of course there is. Tons. And by the yeah. way, a lot of it is justified. I agree with a lot of it, but I also think it's really freaking cool. Have you have you driven a it Tesla? Is, have you done? Have you yeah, driven one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have. The yep. fact that it, it's it's not it doesn't feel like you're driving 
a car, like a normal car. It feels there's a little well, bit because of cars like a, don't usually have G forces associated with this them. thing is like this. So immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care how fast you think your car is, but like a Tesla, and I'm sure all they knew are like like the new Mustang E or whatever. Yeah. That you hit the pedal and the thing is going 60 miles an hour in like two and a half seconds. Instant, instant power. And it's it, it's hard to explain how fast you get slammed back against the yeah. chair, but it it's it's alarming. <laughs> like it when is. you're not used to it, you're like, holy crap! It's also <laughs> like a it's, lot of the stuff that you yeah. rely on, like engine noise to yeah. determine, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. transmission yep. and shifting. I mean. You, even though my car is an automatic now, it's a 10 speed, right? It's, it's almost impossible to get these in manual now, but right. I still think like it's a manual car. I listen to the rev. You really don't yeah, have that on a Tesla. No. <laughs> so well, even on gas vehicles, like one of the, one of the last innovations on gasoline powered vehicles probably is that continuously variable transmission thing. Yeah. And depending on the implementation, CBT. it can feel really rubbery and weird, but it it's, um, it's not one, two, three, you know, you're not, you know, going through gears. It's they, they, they kind of slide, you know, it's like a sliding scale yeah. kind of a thing. And it's every, yeah, everything's changing. I mean, everything is changing, man. Everything is changing. All right, let's wrap it up for today. We'll do a quick bonus show. Listen, guys, if you enjoy the show, go support us. Patreon.com slash what the tech you could listen to or watch our bonus shows there. Uh, for all things, Paul, go to therot.com. I'm hoping. So I'm going on Friday to get the vaccine. So. No, another yeah, one step nice. closer. You know why? I, I, I'll explain on the post show why I'm doing it. I, I, I want to get into this. Why? <laughs> why I'm getting? Why explain this? I, I, because you know what? Okay. Because I'm also conflicted on it, right? Yeah. So I'm really transparent about what I think. Un unfortunately for myself, sometimes I put my mm -hmm. foot in my mouth, but I'm pretty transparent. I, I've been sitting, I've been sitting on that line. Do I get it? Do I not get it? When do I get it? If I get it? So God, I, I finally decided. This. Listen, it was a sign to get it. Uh, the flat earthers told me, and of course the mole men told me to go get it. So now I'm going to obviously <laughs> listen to my TikTok, uh, and, yep. and get, and get the shot. So I'll talk about it on the post show, uh, how, <laughs> how it happened and what happened. But I also went to the garden to watch the Rangers play against your Boston Bruins, which yeah. we got our ass kicked on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about that. Okay. Uh, all this and a lot more on the bonus show, head on over to patreon.com slash what the tech. Uh, follow us where everywhere podcasts are available for all things Paul. Go to Therat.com. He does a wonderful show with a young up-and-coming broadcaster named Leah Laporte every Wednesday with Mary Jo Foley also on twit.tv. You can watch Windows Weekly there and also subscribe to it. And, of course, you do a podcast with Brad every day almost. That's it. That was my plug. Anything else, Paul? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm doing a couple of uh, Ignite related things. So one was Wednesday and then uh, Wednesday. Yeah. And then the other one, well, we're recording it tomorrow, but it won't come out until next Tuesday. But yeah, it's been kind of a busy, Excellent. busy week. Busy week. And it'll continue being busy for me and Paul. Until next week, guys. See you later.